Today's reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, beginning verse 3, the parable of the wicked tenants. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it was amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people that produces the fruit of the kingdom. The people who fall on this stone will be put to broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. On this Good Friday, we look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, 33 to 46. And we're looking at a parable which is often called the parable of the passion. It's recorded in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so obviously it was seen as an important piece as Jesus is just about uh, to be arrested and go to the cross for us. So it's right at the, the end of uh, this whole story. And so we want to look at the parable and consider a few points of application for us as we consider our own walk, our own journey in this Passion Week. It begins by Jesus saying this as Matthew records, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. And he leased it to tenants and went to another country. So Jesus starts telling this parable. And at, as we read through the parable, Bonnie has already read it, we'll see that the landowner is very gracious to these tenants. And it speaks of the compassion, the compassionate heart of Abba, uh, the Trinity, towards us all. And so let's just think about that a little bit. So first of all, we see the provision, the provision of the landowner for the tenants. He completely builds the vineyard. We have lots of vineyards down in uh, Niagara County. We have lots of vineyards up in uh, the Kingston area, and particularly Prince Edward County. So we're surrounded by these vineyards, really, 
And it's a lot of work to set up a vineyard. Sets it up, plants the crop, builds the fence, digs the wine press, builds a watchtower so one can see the whole piece. It's a lot of money, it's a lot of investment, and it takes about four years before any kind of crop comes about. So it's, it's a lot of provision that the landowner is giving uh, towards these tenants. And it's interesting in the Old Testament that the vineyard metaphor speaks often of Israel being the vineyard of God. And so the listeners to Jesus would be making this connection. So for example, Isaiah 5, 7 reads, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. So when he's speaking about a vineyard, these religious leaders particularly are getting that connection that, well, normally the vineyard is the nation of Israel. And so as Jesus speaks, he's raising this issue that God provides. And he provides for them and he provides for us. You know, all that we receive is from the hand of God. Every good gift comes from the Father above, James says. So, you know, we forget that so quickly and we start thinking that we're doing things on our own. We achieve on our own. We accomplish this on our own and forget that every good gift comes from God. So God continues to be provider, Jehovah Jireh, for us, even as he was for the people of Israel in the time of Jesus' earthly existence. The parable also speaks, secondly, of the freedom of the tenants, meaning that they are brought in, obviously very early in this whole story of the, of the vineyard, of the farm, and he provides for them, and they have the freedom to participate. They have freedom to engage, to work the land. It, it's, it's like it's their own. And they have the opportunity every day to engage in important work that we presumably think they love. So it's like us, if we've been given an opportunity, that's a wonderful thing. Opportunities are, are great things. And for these tenants to have a vineyard presented to them, that would be absolutely amazing. And all the landowner wants is to be able to share in the harvest, in the crops, eventually when they come. So it's a, a statement of freedom, provision and freedom. And then, of course, as we see, as we heard from Bonnie, the, the tenants start to uh, reject the overtures of the landlord. So the text reads, when the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But note, but the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. There's this great rejection of the overtures of the landlord. And of course, the whole piece reads as an allegory that God is coming to the nation, but the, nature, the nation holds back. And so the image of the landowner sending the slaves or the servants are like God sending the prophets. And of course, many of the prophets indeed were rejected and some were stoned and some were killed. And then when it comes to the son, the landowner thinks, well, I'll, I'll send my son and surely they'll respect him. This is a picture of Christ as the Messiah coming. And so when we, when we hear this, we might think, well, come on, landlord, what are you doing, man? They're obviously just rejecting all of your overtures, so why send your son? But the landowner continues to persist. 
and show his compassionate love and reaches out to uh, the individuals, to the tenants. So he speaks of the compassionate heart of God in terms of his provision, in terms of the freedom the people have, and then also the persistent heart that God shows towards these tenants. And so that, that's, that's the image. We've been speaking about the God who comes to us. And th this parable is about God coming to them and to us. But the tenants, Israel of old, particularly the religious leaders, resist and say no. The barren no. But of course it also speaks to us. So what, what is our response? Is ours also a barren no? Psalmist says today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. Well, that can speak to us all. We can all harden our hearts, and indeed we do, frequently. So what is our response to the God who comes to us, to the overtures of God? So that's how the parable goes. And then we see how Jesus pursues this. Um, he asks the listeners, well, okay, what, what do you think? Uh, what should I do? And we hear it in verse 40. Now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? So that's, that's Jesus asking that question. So after all of that, when the landowner finally comes, they've rejected the servants, they've even rejected the son, what, what will the landowner do? And the people, their response is, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. That's, that's the listeners there. That's the people around Jesus, the religious leaders themselves, are saying, well, hey, man, if people respond that way, the best thing is just to move them out and bring in new tenants who will work the land and who will share the fruit of the harvest with the landlord. That's what we suggest you do. To that, Jesus essentially says, correct, correct answer. And then he cites from uh, Psalm 118 this response to them. Have you never read in the scriptures, Jesus says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus continues, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. So that's Jesus' response by citing these texts. God will create a new people, a new humanity who will indeed share in the kingdom. We have a little bit of a some trucks going by, hopefully you can stay with me. So Jesus cites from Psalm 118, yes, you are right, a new people will be established. Jesus then says more about it and he says this new people will be the new humanity, the people who open up and have open hearts to God. And it will no longer simply be an ethnic group, Jewish folk. It will no longer be our people, Jesus is saying but it will be Jew and Gentile, people from all over the earth, all the nations will be part of this new humanity. So there's a big picture. 
And Jesus says, well, this is the new picture. This is even better than anything we had before, a new humanity. And he is the keystone, verse 42. The rock language was well known in the Old Testament, so again, the leaders are picking it up. God is the rock. He builds on the rock, and Jesus is the rock. So the end game here is the statement in verse 43 that this new vineyard will be given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. That's where it ends. We are called to say yes to Jesus, to recognize him as Messiah, to ask him to come into our hearts and souls and minds, and then to share in the produce of the kingdom Work in love, act in love, be love to others. Where there is no love, put love, and you will find love, John of the Cross's statement. As we share in the work of God, then we share in the fruits of the kingdom. That's our job. That's the end game of this parable of the passion. And so as we conclude, we, we ask ourselves, well, okay, you know, where am I in this? What about my heart? Am I responsive? Am I open to the Spirit's work in my life? Or do I just want to keep closing in and wanting it my way? Or at other times, we, we become afraid. We're, we're so used to wanting control and seeking our own security and our own power that we're afraid to open up. We're worried that if I open up, I don't know what will happen, so I just keep in on myself, we often live that way. Jesus is saying, no, we're invited to open our hearts. So this Passion Week, this Good Friday, 2021, will we open our hearts? Will we continue to open our hearts? Will we say yes to God, to his love, to know him, and to open our hearts to receive Jesus and his spirit and the life that he offers? And we'll hear more about that on Easter Sunday. There's a beautiful uh, poem which I want to close with. And uh, it speaks, it images God coming and knocking at your heart's door or my heart's door. And what is our response to God? So we can think of God coming and our response. It's called Covenant. It's taken from the book Space for God by Postuma. So God knocks at my door, seeking a home for his son. My response, rent is cheap, I say. God says, I don't want to rent, I want to buy, says God. I'm not sure I want to sell, but you know, you can come in and look around. I think I will, says God. I might let you have a room or two. I like it, says God. I'll take the two. You might decide to give me more someday. I can wait, says God. I'd like to give you more, but it's a bit difficult. I need some space for me. I know, says God. I'll take it. I like what I see. Hmm. Maybe I can let you have another room. I don't really need that much. Thanks, says God. I'll take it. I like what I see. I'd like to give you the whole house, but I'm not sure. Think on it, says God. I wouldn't put you out. 
Your house would be mine and my son would live in it. And you'd have more space than you'd ever had before. I don't understand at all. I know, says God, but I can't tell you about that. You'll have to discover it for yourself. And that can only happen if you let me have the whole house. A bit risky, I say. Yes, says God, but try me. I'm not sure. I'll let you know. I can wait, says God. I like what I see. God comes to your heart, to my heart. He knocks on the door, wants to come in. The interior castle of your heart. He likes what he sees, but we need to say yes. I pray that in this good Friday of this Easter season, we might say yes to God and allow him in. Give him space through all the rooms of our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name.